Yeah, I think this is the this is the first time we've done this outside of Tommy Media. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did it in two we different did. rooms there, but Yeah. Yeah. Wow, weird, man. It seems like a long time ago. Well, I mean, I, I was that okay. Was... Okay, it was a long time ago. I was looking back at our episodes. Uh, we've been inactive for long enough that uh, Overcast podcast listener lists us as an inactive podcast. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was looking back at our old episodes because I was listening to one to see if there was any old takes I wanted to bring up. And uh, I was listening to the Sad About Brian podcast, which came out on August 18th of last year. Oh, my so, gosh. Like, it's been a while. Jeez. I think our last episode came four games into the Major League Baseball regular season. Because uh, I, yep. I remember yeah. TJ, <laughs> TJ had the take of uh, the Twins are 3-0 and right now, uh, and they're going to be good this year. Wow. And sure Gee. enough. Maybe I'm smart about sports. You're a genius, uh, TJ. I highly doubt that. <laughs> So I'm gonna intro right. this show again, <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna actually. Also, just, just a quick heads up: I'll probably be uh, almost useless in the first two cues. That's fine. Hey, that's good. I will be useless in the second cue as well. So just go ahead and talk for ten minutes, TJ, on the second question, and then we'll we'll be good. I'll see if I can get. Form an opinion in the in in the next ten minutes on you. NCAA you guys football. know this show is not for like good opinions, right? You don't have to be educated. You just have to be loud. <laughs> oh, oh, we know. Oh, do we know? <laughs> and with that, welcome everyone to the Q4 podcast, the only podcast you can find that's been inactive for almost a year. And we still consider it an important part of our lives. <laughs> no, I'd say, I'm your host, not, it, TJ. It's been probably like, you know, five months. Because what? MLB season started in April, so that's May, June, July, August. Yeah, five months. Okay, it's been five months since our last episode. And the last episode before that was also five months. <laughs> hey, at least we're consistent. Yeah. So once we're done here, I'll see you guys in I'll what? See you guys February? again next year. Yeah, happy New Year, guys! We'll Enjoy talk about Merry Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh man! All right, we're gonna start. We're gonna start this off with uh, with probably mostly insight from Anthony, but I have opinions as well and a question. Um, but the Q1 for this episode, uh, Minnesota United just clinched a playoff berth three years after the franchise joined the MLS. How are they going to do, and what is the future of the franchise? Um, I think, first of all, it's pretty exciting, just the fact that like something has been successful right away in Minnesota. I don't know, I think it's kind of cool, and uh, 
I think it was a, a turning point this past year because the ownership and, and leadership in the office said that, you know, we're not just going to like keep all of the guys that we had in our NASL team because that's not working. We're going to actually not be afraid to make some moves and just spend a lot of money. And they did. They brought in some veterans and here we are. We're in second place right now in the Western Conference. So I think it's it's a cool mentality because they're just like, F it. We're going to be like all the other teams and spend a lot of money. And they did. And now they're in the playoffs. Like, it's how it's supposed to be done, you know? Yeah, I like it. I'm a fan. Uh, the new stadium, the still like the freshness of the team and now making the playoffs is like there's a whole really exciting energy about it, which is great. Um, I looked a little bit into just like the season stats um, very broadly. Uh, so Minnesota United is fifth overall in points uh, of the 24 teams. They're also fifth overall in point differential, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, it. I personally do not think they will go to the championship this year. Uh, because in order to do that, they would need to get past LAFC, which has just been like blowing past everyone this season. Yeah. Um, but it's still exciting. I think they could probably make a pretty deep run and make it at least to the conference championship, um, which is great for a team that's still like on its, you know, third year. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because. You talk about LAFC and um, Atlanta FC. So, like, Atlanta last year, um, or they came in the league the same year we did, so three years ago, and they've already won a championship, I'm pretty sure. Someone might want to fact-check that, but I'm pretty sure they did. Um, but they're like – so Minnesota people are like, well, what the heck? We came in at the same time, and now they're just dominating everyone, but – I think we're up in that category now, and it's it's honestly weird. Like I'm looking at the standings right now, and it's I still don't I don't really believe it, you know. Like yeah. I'm looking no, at I it right that. now, and I'm like, nah, I don't think Minnesota is that high up. But um, I if feel we like get, you can say that about every single Minnesota sports team ever. <laughs> yeah, you just because it's that cautious like. Eh, I know they're second place, but I still feel like they're underdogs in every single game that they play. <laughs> We're just not used but, to having know, anything good. Yeah, and it's weird when something is good because we want to temper our excitement for historical sake. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, if we have if we get to play home games, I think we're going to be in really good shape. But... If we're on the road, we are not. We're a different team on the road than we are at home, for sure. So, I don't know. Playoffs will be interesting. It'll be cool to actually have that atmosphere in Minnesota. Yeah, all the ones would be wild if they get home games yeah. during the playoffs. Have you guys been to a game at the stadium? I I have not. I haven't either. I went. Uh, a couple months ago and i'm going actually tomorrow when they're playing lafc and it's it's just like loud man it's just loud in there it's crazy it's so fun it's such a cool atmosphere it's fun to be there and i don't know at tcf it felt like 
we it wasn't really at home but this is like everything is blue and black and gray like it's cool it's a really cool atmosphere so hopefully we get some of those uh those home games in the playoffs because then we could actually make something happen that'd be dope i also one more thing can i have one more thing yeah go for it two two more things that just split into two so um <laughs> first thing brent coleman uh suspended for 10 games for ped use did you see that no <laughs> it was last week a report came out that he had he used peds to recover um from something uh injury or just like soreness after a game and he knew he was doing it but he was like yeah i just need to recover so he's suspended for 10 games oh my god peds and uh so now we can say we have our own our very own barry bonds in Minnesota <laughs> <laughs> because our backup defender is using peds to recover from injuries what a great decision that was yeah, not the best, but, you know, everyone uses a little PED now and again, right? Yeah, everyone. Everyone just, like, you know, pumps a little little roids in. <laughs> like TJ after a long Tuesday at work or something, you just need a nice, <laughs> a nice steroid boost after your long day. Who doesn't? Come home, get in my lazy boy, put the feet up, and inject some steroids. <laughs> <laughs> As you do. As you do. The more stressed so, yeah, I am, be, the more jacked fun. I am. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine, Noah, if we just TJ comes back to the cities and we get together and TJ is just like 250 pounds of pure muscle? That'd <laughs> oh be so gosh. weird. It would. I, I physically or just mentally, I have, I'm having a really hard time imagining that because that is just Same. not <laughs> TJ. You can. There are many words to describe TJ. Ripped, jacked, buff are are not that you you can't use that category of word no no it's <laughs> i'm just trying to picture it in my head and it just doesn't work tj bumbling around with a backwards hat and then just like ready to bench 300 pounds calls everybody bro or dude and has like those really small uh uh what are they, the muscle shirts the tank tops that oh yeah oh gosh oh yeah it would it would absolutely cut in so that it only like covered up like my breastbone yeah yeah mm-hmm. and then just pasty white tj would walk in pasty actually, white ripped tj yeah it'd be he wouldn't wear one of those. He'd be wearing a sweater that he used to wear, and but he'd just be ripping through it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I just didn't want to buy a new sweater, so I'm wearing this sweater still. I might be jacked, but I'm still broke. <laughs> oh man. I will add to this if it helps you imagine. You can you think about how like bodybuilders always look like they're like a skinny like if you look at their neck they're like a skinny dude that's like coming out of a really giant dude so just imagine <laughs> me coming out of a bodybuilder like head up <laughs> that, that should and help you just kind of get stuck the, the way there, you described yeah. that opened it up to some really disgusting <laughs> imagery <laughs> gosh Oh man, that took a turn, didn't it? Yeah, we were just talking yeah. about soccer a second ago. <laughs> soccer is a sport. Um, 
I do have one question back on the topic of soccer, and I want Anthony to like walk me through this. Uh, New England is in the playoffs, right? Okay. In the Eastern yeah. Conference. They have a negative seven point differential. Yes. How? How, that how does correct. one do that? So um, the games they win are close and are like 1-0 wins. And a couple games that they lost, they probably lost like 6-0. to zero So I think it's safe to say they'll to probably two. get like dumped on in the first round, right? Well, yeah, and they're not even, they haven't even like secured their spot yet just because there's, I believe there's two more games in the season. So they're kind of just right on the cusp. But you see, like I'm looking at their... Uh, goals per game and it's 1.3 so oh my they they don't score that often and a negative seven differential just shows that they're they better hope they can score two or three goals because they're going to give up goals at the same time but like looking at uh if you look at lafc their goal differential is 46 i saw that that is that's like in Insane, unreasonable. Forty-six. They average more than two goals a game, and this is. I think this is the most disgusting stat. They're eight, three, and five on the road. That's better than like the number six seed right now, the Portland Timbers. That's better than their home record. They're eight, three, and five on the road. That's just crazy. But yeah, they're. uh they're pretty formidable. There's a reason they're the number one in the league right now, but By a you long never know. Shot. You never know what can happen. Uh, I hope Minnesota makes it at least wins one playoff game. That'd be pretty cool. It'd be cool for the state. We'd, yeah, we'd appreciate then, you that. Know, yeah, because it's and I think it's just cool because so many people go to these games and you're like, wow, I thought I was the only person who appreciated soccer in Minnesota but you know it's packed all these games are sold out there's like 20,000 people there and it's the whole place is just bumping and there's like flags and scarves everywhere it's pretty cool I gotta get my scarf now that I'm not living in Minnesota I need to like stock up on Minnesota sports gear yeah yeah decorate the wall of that one literally one bedroom room that you're in you know what I'm saying I mean, he's got pretty much a whole basement to himself. It's 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 a pretty nice setup. It's not like he's yeah. Uh, it's a pretty nice setup. crammed in I one just can't like yeah. I just can't like go out to the other places and record because there's really no uh, sound barriers between the rest of the house and here. Uh, uh, so I'm just yeah. I'm I'm on the bed. Still, you gotta get some gotta get some gear, dude. I've got that uh, that Vikings jersey for you, Teach. Oh yeah, there we go. Hey, it's uh, oh we can't go to Vikings yet, can we? God dang it! Not yet. Trying Not to yet. fall in line. We gotta. We, we I'm gonna segue into our second question by saying it's time for Q2. That's my segue. Nice. Uh, you know what? It's better than most. Oh. <laughs> As he cuts me off in Give the middle it. of my question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I have to judge you on every single segue you do. Because you're bad. Can I just get like a number rating? Like out of out of twenty four, how good was it? Uh, probably a fifteen. 
Ah, it's okay. Ooh. That's better than I was expecting. Yeah, it's, it's better than usual. To be honest, same. Yeah. Well, because I, I was gonna tell you that it was a six and a half out of ten, so I needed to figure out how to translate six and a half to a, a twenty-four point scale. You really threw me off there, bud. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of math that had to go into that one. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to keep you on your toes here, Noah. <laughs> keep that brain we're sitting down. <laughs> yeah, always uh, on your toes. Did you okay? Did you say twenty-four point scale? That's now just hitting me. Yeah, yeah. That's the scale that you decided to use. Yeah, yeah he said out of twenty-four. <laughs> Interesting. Moving on. Uh, all right, let's hurry up through Q two because I won't be able to help you much through that, and I'd like to talk about three and four. All right, I just want yeah, to no regrettably say things. Uh, NCAA football is back. Rankings are shifting early on as usual. Who's your season favorite for champ and who's going to win the Heisman? I just want to say that the Big Ten, I think, has the best chance to actually do something that they've had in a while. Uh, There are six SEC teams in the top 25. There are also six Big Ten teams. Uh, Ohio State is ranked number five currently, and Wisconsin is ranked number seven. Wisconsin currently has a running back that I imagine will be uh, incredible when he comes to the NFL next year and uh, Jonathan Taylor is my Heisman pick if you have any opinions for that uh, feel free I just wanted to say that because I'm a hype about the Big Ten and the fact that they might actually like do something this year so when you say the Big Ten you mean Ohio State and Wisconsin that's exactly right? what I mean yeah okay <laughs> yeah right. um, um the hold on let me pull up the top 25 rankings here because yeah that's what i'm looking at and penn state is i don't know i just it's with college football it's so hard to and and it's just i like i'm not a big fan of how everything is done in college football just because it's like if you lose one game you're out forget about it your season's over and then yeah for some teams, if you go undefeated, it's not good enough. Like, what else What else can you do, you know? And the only thing you can do is, oh, make your schedule harder next year. But, like, what else could you do this year, you know? Yeah, that's, that's the frustrating part about it. And I'm hoping that a Big Ten team is able to, like, make enough of an impact to actually make it to the playoffs, even though there's only four teams that make it in and that's the that's the part that gets me is that there's four teams that make it in and it's usually like two or three sec teams so who like who's gonna get everything else it's always sorry go ahead i was just gonna say i've I've never been a big fan of how college or at least division one does it i uh in the four years that we were all at st thomas i really enjoyed how division three football did it where it was just one massive tournament like march madness uh, yeah why not do that yeah you have 32 or 64 teams who make it in um and that gives everyone you know why not make you know the round of 16 or the the round of 32 make that your your bowl games so you have you know eight or 16 bowl games every year um but every team or at least you know 64 teams have a chance of coming in and uh uh making a a deep playoff run and the thing that i don't understand about any of this is like the ncaa is really out here just trying to make as much money as possible and that Mm -hmm. strategy would make them so much money 
Like if they st- if they did March Madness but for college football, which is like arguably bigger than basketball, what you would make so much? Why why haven't they done this? Well, I think that like the difference between and and I'm trying to remember for D three, um, would they just play one game a weekend or would they go? Would they have like regionals and super regionals like in soccer and stuff? I don't. No, remember. it's one game. It's one game a week. Okay. Yeah, it's like a so, it's like a month long. Okay. Because they the championship games always uh, for D one is always around um, New Year's, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean I. I think it'd be cool. I just like the bowl system before was weird, and that didn't really make any sense to me. And then the uh, the system now I think is moving in the right direction, but it's. I agree. Let's tease this thing out. Let's make it 16. Let's make it, I don't know. Because there's no... Otherwise, it's going to be Clemson, Alabama. Again. Yeah. Or or maybe there's a huge shocker, and one of them lose in the semis, but then the other one wins in the final. You like, at the, at the very least, you should have enough games so that if you win your conference, no matter what conference you're in, you go. To the playoffs. Like, there's there's no yeah. reason you should win your conference and still, like, there's nothing else you can do. If you go undefeated, you do not lose in conference, you win everything you can, and you don't make it to the playoffs, then what's what's the point? What are you doing it for? Right. Like, I look, I'm looking at the top 25, and I look at Kansas State, right? Yep. Kansas State's 3-0 right now. Or, or Virginia, for example. Virginia's 4-0. Either one of those. Those two teams go undefeated. I'm still taking a one loss Alabama, Clemson, or Georgia over either of those teams yeah. if they're undefeated. Yep. You know? Like, that's so dumb. What? But it's so. The committee's not stupid. They need to make money, and they're going to put Alabama and Clemson in the top four. frustrating it man. really is i didn't mean for this hey, question we... to get so heated but <laughs> just makes me no mad. but it's just, it's just stupid like come on so uh, quick this is this is kind of related so you can't get mad at me for being off topic um pretty soon in what so three years ust is going to be playing like michigan state right <laughs> that's that's what's going to happen here uh <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be just like ust is going to tcf to play the gophers or something ust is going 0 and 12 <laughs> just losing by 100 every game oh, gosh. Gosh. um i don't we don't have to talk about that if you don't want to i oh no i I very much would like to talk about it because at least this is something I, I know something about. Um, but yes, uh, TJ, you can go ahead. I was going to say, I I don't think they'll go D1. I've spoken with people involved in the decision-making process, and they don't want to go Division One because it would require a lot more money intake um, they would need to redo a lot of facilities, and there would be a lot more travel costs, and a lot more pressure, and it would just well, kind of uh, change the whole like energy of the athletics department. And I think that that last one is the biggest one right there. Uh, 
in my last semester uh, working full time for Tommy Media, I spoke with uh, uh, Coach Caruso uh, and uh, Phil Eston, the new athletics director. And even once the the decision was announced, I, I wasn't doing any reporting, but I was talking to them, you know, kind of on and off. Um, and both of them uh, are very dedicated to the the ideals that Division three athletics stand for. And so at this point, you know, sure, a lot of the discussion gets caught up in just the talent level of the Tommy football team. Could they play at Division two? Probably. Would they succeed? Depends on what Division two teams are playing. But I could see, you know, just the, the talent level that they have and the, the uh, coaching that uh, Caruso and the other uh, assistant coaches put in. I could see, you know, if they make that leap to Division two within two or three years, they could be a pretty good Division two team. But it's not just about talent level it's about culture it's about uh what the program itself stands for and st thomas's emphasis on you know being students first then athletes and really kind of catering that whole experience to a d3 level i think that just kind of fits what st thomas stands for uh so honestly i I don't think they move up even you know to division two much less division one i think it'd be you know, kind of, kind of funny to see uh, St. Thomas play a Division One team because uh, you know usually we we're on the the upside of those 70, 80 point blowouts. Um, wonder how Caruso might handle uh, getting blown out 70 to 80 himself. Um, but uh, but no, I, I very strongly believe that St. Thomas will stay at Division Three. What conference they end up in, I, I think that's anybody's guess. I think it'd be really interesting if they went uh, unaffiliated. UAA, UAA, UAA. So how does that, is that possible, Noah? Like, can they just be like, and play technically all non-conference games? Like, how does that work? It's possible. Uh, I think they're going to want to find a conference uh, just because that makes getting into the postseason a little bit easier. Where, yeah, you can... You could schedule 10 non-conference games and be unaffiliated, uh, but then you wouldn't be uh, eligible for any of the, the division uh, playoff spots. You would have to go in via the, uh, uh, well, I'm forgetting the term. Not, it's not wild card. Um, it's bid. The at-large, at yeah, the at-large bid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and so deba- And I think, you know, with with st thomas playing at the level that it is and depending on the schedule that you're able to make you could you could make an argument that st thomas would most likely get almost be guaranteed at least one of those at large bids depending you know depending on the record and, and how well it, or how tough their schedule is uh but no i think there's just a lot more security in having a conference uh and i also think there's just more money to be had and at the end of the day you know this is a, a business decision for St. Thomas as much as it is a, an athletic one or a cultural one. Uh, so possible, yes, unlike, unlikely, though. That's interesting. Interesting to think about. Yeah. Honestly, I'm really excited to see where the Tommies end up. I'm really sad that they left the Mayak. I think everybody, uh, uh, all St. Thomas fans who know how everything went down or really upset with how it went down and i'm one of those people i think it's just ridiculous that they were kicked out of the mayak but you know i'm really excited to see where they end up um mostly just because i have no idea what conference would be the best fit for them so just to kind of see how they make that decision moving forward it'll be interesting yeah i mean there's not like this is the 
the private school D3 conference right here in Minnesota. You know, they're like, there's not, there's not a whole lot of geographical make sense options. Yeah. I mean, the closest uh, conferences you have are the UMAC and the WIAC. Yeah. And that's, that doesn't make sense to put a Minnesota team in the WIAC. And you know? if people were complaining about St. Thomas being too good in the MIAC, imagine what would happen if they went to the UMAC. Oh my gosh. That's I'm just, just trying be... to imagine St. Thomas playing St. Scholastica and McAllister all the time. Oh, oh gosh. God. Well, isn't the talk that Max is going to have a football team in, like, they're going to replace the St. Thomas football team? It's possible. Yeah. And if people wanted people to not lose by 100, they thought this would be the solution to that? Have they fun, McAllister Plague, St. McAllister <laughs> or Bethel or Concordia or even anyone with 11 regular humans on the other side of <laughs> the line of scrimmage is going to just eviscerate them. <laughs> I've always thought that... It- the, the optics and the semantics of this were really weird because they teams chose to kick out St. Thomas. And one of the reasons they used was that they're just too good. There's not much competition. In a year that St. Thomas football did not make the playoffs. Yeah. In a that year was... that they were be, they went 8-2, and two, their worst record in almost a decade, and were third behind St. John's and Bethel. I think yeah, that just I... kind of defeats everybody's arguments right there where no St. Thomas is not too big. St. Thomas doesn't just blow out everyone. I mean, Bethel and St. John's are small schools, but they have really good athletics programs. They've got really good football teams. I think it's just a, uh, I don't want to get into the, the, the politics of it all, but I think this really was just kind of a, a, a a power struggle or whatever word you want to use to describe it by other teams in the Mayak who are just kind of sick of St. Thomas. Yeah, I mean, there's, I don't know. It's it's hard to tell. There's definitely some insider stuff that went down or whatever, but just from the outside, it's kind of like, hmm, it's interesting. And it was cool that Scott Van Pelt did his one big thing on <laughs> this. That was cool. A lot of good press for us, at least. Yeah. Has anyone been following St. Thomas football pretty closely? No. Because I, I know they beat up on Hamlin last week. Um, and I think they're they're playing today. You know, we're, we're recording on Saturday the 28th. Um, uh, yeah, so let's see. They've won their – so they've only played two games this season. Uh, once against one against Trinity International non-conference, and then one against Hamlin. Um, I'm, I'm gonna let you guys try and guess the scores. First, uh, first St. Thomas versus Trinity International, seventy-six to seven. I was gonna say seventy-three to six. Both pretty close. It was sixty-nine to three. <laughs> and second against St. Thomas at Hamlin. Mm, away. Oh, in front of the home yes. I'm gonna go. Ooh. I'm gonna go 55 to seven. We're gonna go 64 to six. 74 14. Oh. Mm. And historically, Jeez. it usually takes St. Thomas, you know, 
three, four weeks to really get ramped up to to full steam. Uh, and they don't play St. Olaf until the first weekend in November. And I think, you know, already, I mean, St. Olaf two years ago, that was the team that they beat 97 to zero uh, because of some, some coaching politics between Caruso and his former staff who left to go coach at St. Olaf. Uh, and now with, with, uh, I don't know if they're rumors or if this is, this is, uh, out there as just fact. Um, but with St. Olaf being one of the driving forces that kicked St. Thomas out of the Mayak, I have November 2nd circled on my calendar. Um, <laughs> I, I want to see, if we finally break the triple digit mark in the Coach Caruso area, we came close, 97-0 or St. Olaf. I, I think that's going to be the game that we get over triple digits. I see. I on the uh, just the surface level, I I absolutely think so. I mean, and I think it's going to be not just like 102 to three. I think it's going to be like 150 to three. Like they're <laughs> oh just going to go insane. But at the same time, I think Caruso has had many discussions with the new athletic director, and the athletic director has probably said, all right, you're going to win 47 to zero, and you're just, you're going to run the football the entire second half, and you're just going to slow down just a little bit, you know? Because, like, the last thing he wants is to give St. Olaf that reason that they're correct you know but the number one thing that the players want i'm assuming because me as a fan i'm like oh my god you know kick the crap out of them score 200 if you can well and and, but, and that's the biggest thing too where in that game two years ago when they won 97 to 0 they were running a lot of their backups doing a lot of standard you know caruso's favorite place he got power uh just running it right at him and they had you know their their fourth fifth string tight ends in at fullback and they're doing fullback dives and still getting seven to eight yards they had an offensive tackle score a touchdown on the last <laughs> drive of the game a, a three-yard touchdown run so yeah you, you, can, you can only hold up so much you know exactly and so i you think still have to play the game uh, yeah. And, and this is still very much Caruso's program. This is his his football program, and I don't. I'm not sure that there's as much outsider input from uh, the athletic directors uh, as, as that comment suggests, Anthony. Not not trying to uh, incite anything, but I just I, I think people, I think the athletic program has a great amount of respect for Caruso, and they let him run the program as he sees fit. And yeah. I have no doubt that Caruso, uh, you know, he he out of all the coaches I've talked to is the most, oh, you know, we take it one game at a time. We, we really focus on, on this week and we'll, we'll get to those games when we get to them. Uh, but I, I really think he had, I think he's thinking about St. Olaf at least a little bit moving forward uh, in, in the yeah. next couple of weeks. Um, I mean, it'd be, all in all, he's competitor, you know, he wants <laughs> to kick the crap out of people. And if there's more incentive, then ugh, look out. Exactly. And, you know, usually, I mean, that 97-0 victory was done with third stringers, fourth stringers, heck, even some fifth stringers in the game. I'll be really interested interested to see with uh, with Josh Parks running the way that he is. What if you keep him in for the whole game, or at least for three quarters? I mean, he went off against uh, Hamlin, had near 200 yards, I think, on five carries. 
what if you do that to St. Olaf? Just let him run wild for an entire game. I would love to see Josh Parks play for an entire game. Just what those stats could look like. I think that would be, be awesome. It'd be cool. It would be record-breaking for sure. Because, like, oh, some dude from Minnesota ran for 600 yards <laughs> in three quarters? What? <laughs> Honestly, I, I'm hoping that happens. You know, as someone who wrote, uh, you know, game re- recaps and, and game stories for these kinds of blowouts i i was always looking for you know some record that was broken or uh something interesting to latch on to because when you're beating people you know by roughly the same margin you know 70 to 14 63 to 7 you know kind of in that area it's impressive but it's not anything special because it happens all the time so if Josh Parks goes off for say 600 yards and eight touchdowns. I mean that that is a, a, a historic performance. That <laughs> that that is your lead. You you don't lead with anything else. Like this man, I mean, who whose man's is this? This is <laughs> exactly. That's gonna I, be. I can't think. That's gonna be fun. Can't think of a better article title. Article <laughs> title man's? than that. Whose man's? <laughs> it's just whose man's? Question mark. Ours man's. <laughs> I think they might need a guest field reporter that day and someone to just write an article and it should be Noah Brown coming back. Yeah, I will more than happily go up back up there and, and cover a, a massacre of, of the St. Olaf football team. Is that is that in St. Paul or Northfield? Uh let me check. That's in Northfield. Yes it is. <laughs> Even better. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad our college football discussion shifted to, to D3 <laughs> as opposed yeah, to D1. Because yeah. I have not watched... Uh, I, I've watched a single game of D1 college football this year. Uh, I was covering a Mizzou football game for work. Um, and it, they looked pretty good, uh, but that's just about all I can say about it. <laughs> <laughs> they looked like they understood how to play football. They were confident yeah. enough. And so, based on that one game alone, I think Mizzou is going to the national title game. <laughs> Perfect. I love it because that's more than I've watched this year. So, And that is our in-depth college football analysis. Q3? Twins. Want to move on? Yeah, let's move on to the Twins. Uh, Q3. Twins just clinched the division for the first time since 2010 and have a 100-win season for the first time since 1965. Dare we hope for a deep playoff run? I, first of all, first of all, want to toot my own horn. Because when we have talked about the Twins in the past... In our episode Sad About Brian from last year, and our episode from this year, I have said that I like what the Twins are doing, and I think they will be good soon. Lo and behold, (laughs) we have clinched the division and are the fourth team this season with a 100-win record, the first time that has ever happened in Major League history. Um, And we're good. We broke the home run record for a single season. We're up over 300 the twins are good. They're very good. Yeah, they are. I think. Oh, go ahead, Anthony. Go ahead, no. I think it's TJ. This is the perfect time for you to cut in your just 
just for your own self worth you need to cut in the part from that episode and just be like i think the twins are going to be good and then you'll sound like a genius i know it's more work but you know i'm a genius you are a genius and i don't know man it's weird it's the same thing i said with united it's like what the minnesota number one in the division it going to the plate like weird it just looks weird to me and i think this team feels a whole lot different than even different uh, postseason teams in the past. I mean, you go back to our, our 2010 postseason run, this Twins team just top to bottom feels a lot deeper. And I guess you're going to have that when you have a 300 home run season where everyone in the lineup is producing. The bullpen looks solid. The starting pitching has been shaky at times, but, I mean, moving forward, I think... Overall, this is this is the most rounded Twins team we have seen in quite some time. Yeah, that's, I, I think that's the part that gets me nervous is starting pitching, like you said. Well, and that's that's the biggest thing too, where uh, the Twins actually just lost the home run lead this season, and I think you all can guess who took it from them. It, it's the Yankees. Gross. Yeah. The Yankees. Uh, let's see. They were playing. Uh, who were they playing last night? They were playing the, the Texas Rangers. Uh, slugged their way through, uh, I think they had six home runs in that game. So now they have 305, which is two more than the Twins do at the time of this recording. There are still two Boo. games left in the, the regular season. Um, and the Yankees are the team that the Twins are going to have to face in New York to start the divisional round. Barring any sort of... I, I think it's set, isn't it? That it is they, set. They, they, yeah. they, I think so. Yeah. 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 And so, if there were one team that, you know, not only historically has been kind of the Twins kryptonite, but that could exploit this current Twins lineup, this current Twins roster, it is the Yankees. I mean, just the way that they're built, they are built to outslug the best of them. I mean, you don't get to 305 home runs if you're not built that way. And so, the Twins, Twins starting pitching is going to have to hold on and the Twins' bats are going to have to go toe-to-toe with the Yankees to have a chance. I think they do. I really like this Yan- or I really like this, uh, this Twins team. I think they've got a good shot, but they need to show up. They need the bats to come in hot. They cannot start off cold because if the Yankees, you know, heck, in even one or two innings can put up five or six runs, I'm not confident that the Twins would be able to catch up. I think if they build a lead early, they can sustain that lead. But they, particularly on the road, you can't afford to fall behind early. Yeah. Uh, the the season stats against the Yankees so far, Twins are 2-4 and four against them this season, um, which concerns me. It's, it's the thing of, like, there are... I think every team in the playoffs is beatable for the Twins, but the one team that concerns me the most is the Yankees, and it just so happens that we're playing them in the first round. I think if we get past them, everyone else is is completely beatable, um, but we have to get past the Yankees, which concerns me. I, I'm, a little, I I'm a little concerned with that completely beatable statement. I mean, do, do you know who else is in the AL? <laughs> I mean, yes, if, completely beatable as in the Twins currently have this season record against the Astros. Twins are winning. 
Uh, the Twins beat the Astros in the season series this year. How many games did they play? Uh, I think it was five. Okay. I'm gonna go back to my my thing here. I I just think I I don't know if this is what you're thinking, TJ, but like just it's so hard to not to take like 2005 through 2010 out of this out of my brain when I think of twins in the playoffs because it's like if we didn't lose to the Yankees in the first round we lost to the A's and then if we won in the DS and we went to the CS and we lost to the Yankees so I think it would just be so big for this twins community if we beat the Yankees and then it was like then we would start to believe you know because like right now I'm still skeptical and I that I think I'll rescind the twins my, are my legit you know and I, I think I'll rescind my hesitation to say completely beatable because if the if the Twins do get past the Yankees, I mean they have been our our Achilles heel for decades now. Yeah. If the Twins can win that series and get hot at that moment, I mean they might be one of the hardest teams to beat in baseball. And usually going forward uh, into October baseball, the the group that translates the best and that is the biggest predictor of success in the postseason is starting pitching but the twins are built yeah. to to not totally ignore it but to compensate for some shaky starting pitching so if they can get past the yankees um and if they can get to the astros uh, uh starting pitchers early who knows we might see the twins in the world series for the first time since 91 yeah, it's. I think compensate is the perfect word because just with management as it is now and how creative they are and how to get uh, advantages and people in situations that are, are good for the Twins, I don't think there's any reason we don't throw five relievers. You know, like we have that. We've done that before. There's no reason we can't do that again and just give teams different looks that we haven't that baseball hasn't seen i mean the whole shift idea 10 years ago was so weird you would never see any teams do an infield shift but now it's like every person that bats there's three guys on the right side of the infield or three guys you know it's just transformed and i think the twins are at kind of that kind of spearheading that with saying you know what we're gonna throw i'm gonna start a reliever and then i'm gonna put kyle gibson in in the fifth inning or something i i'd be cautious to do that because uh, you don't want to wear out your bullpen early because the, the last thing you want is to, to exhaust your bullpen in the division series and then just get absolutely clobbered by the Astros in the, in the, conference, or in the um, NL, ALCS. Excuse me. Um, I think while your, your offense and your bullpen can compensate for starting pitching, you need to have your starters go at least five innings every single game. That's going to give you the best shot. And even if they allow three, four, five earned runs that's where the compensation comes in i mean the twins you can expect them to get you at least four or five most every game and who knows maybe postseason will will change that but i i'm willing to bet on this twins offense starting pitching you don't need them to be perfect you don't need them to be you know astros level of good you don't need them to be jack flaherty levels of good you just need them to be decent you need them to be sufficient and then yeah, let the offense take the rest. Barely above, that's good what enough. I mean. 
Yes. That's what I mean by the having that creativity. I don't mean that the the relievers are going to come in and throw a a collective no-hitter. You know, they just have to like hold on to the game and wait for the bats to heat up. That's so I don't know. It's I'm cautiously optimistic. Twins I think are that, 4 and 3 against the Astros it. on the season, by the way. I've got the stats together. 4, four and, and three. 3 uh with uh, three of the games at home, four away. Okay. No, sorry, three away, four at home. But I, don't know, I just with with the way that uh, the, the the Astros have built the roster, they might be the most complete team in baseball. Um, and I'd be, I'm just hesitant to bet against them at this point right now. I mean, that's just kind of the case that it always is for, you know, top seeds in the conferences. Um, and I really hope that the Twins can make it. I would love to see our Cardinals-Twins World Series. Um, <laughs> but it's just, it's hard to say, you know what? I think the Twins are going to have a, a decent shot against the Astros because at this point, not a lot of people have. But who knows? Maybe yeah. maybe the Twins will, will be that team. It's October baseball. Anything can happen. Yeah, and, and sometimes, you know, as, as uh, Christian always says, you know, it's, it's always just about heating up at the right point. You don't have to have the best team throughout the season. I mean, really, the point of the regular season is to get you the postseason. And yep. then records are clear. Uh, you've got a clean slate, uh, and it's always about the hot hand. So who knows? Maybe maybe the Twins are that hot hand. It'd be Let's fun to twins. see, man. It'd be fun to see. Honestly, let's just beat the Yankees. That that's that's my biggest priority right now. Just yeah, get that that will mean a lot, and like World Series would be amazing, and that would and that would be awesome. But having it go through the Yankees would be even sweeter. I would appreciate that immensely. I don't know that anything would get me quite as hype uh, as. The Twins blowing past the Yankees in the playoffs for the first time ever, practically. I just, I just <laughs> want that, like. like satisfaction. Yeah. It's very exciting. pretty sweet. It's uh, next Friday, right? Yeah. First game. Yep. Hard to believe Damn, we're already dude. in October. This, uh, this yeah, summer right? is so by. It's crazy. Every day I get to work and I like send out a message with the day's date and just kind of like an update for the day. And every day I look at the date and type it. And I'm like, my gosh, it's already September 28th. What, what's, what is this? Yeah, it feels like the first day of school was yesterday and we're like Same. four weeks. Yeah, in. I definitely feel crazy, like the dude. first day of school was just yesterday. I'm definitely still <laughs> in school. Hey, some of us stay in school the rest of our life, all right, TJ? Some of us go get real jobs, and some of us stay in high school. You're forever, you're forever learning. That's what we'll call this. Yeah. A lifelong learner. That's me. That's me. All right. I'm, I don't know how to transition out of this, so I'm just going to cut it, and we're going to go. Uh, Q4. That's definitely uh, an 8 out of 24 right there. Yeah, you've become abrasive since your move. It sounds like you're just I've, you're just blunt the now. The big city changes people. Okay, 
<laughs> TJ and I were, were were texting a little bit ago, and he said he wasn't going to let Chicago change him. But I think I think it's changed him more than he realized. It's made me more of a scared person. That's what it's done to me. <laughs> I walk outside in fear now. When I was in St. Paul, I walked outside with joy. Now I walk outside and I'm like angry and afraid. That's How what did Chicago. You walk is. outside in Malacca. What did you feel in Malacca? Nothing. Confusion? <laughs> <laughs> I felt nothing when I was there. Oh, man. All right. Q4. Uh, I want to talk about this because I am very excited about it. Uh, the NFC North does not currently have a team with a losing record after three weeks. Uh, three and a half weeks. The Packers lost on Thursday. Uh, heck yeah, but still do not have a losing record. Um, they're the only division in the NFL currently like this. Um, are they a powerhouse? And how will the four teams do this year? And a bonus, uh, what is your Super Bowl prediction? I, I'd hold off on the, the powerhouse talk to, to start off. Uh, I mean, we are only you know three and a half weeks through the season. And the the NFC does or the NFC North does look pretty good. Um, the Vikings, I think, have me the most worried, just because they're the team I I care about the most. Um, and Kirk Cousins does not look like an eighty four million dollar quarterback. He doesn't look like an eighty four hundred thousand dollar quarterback. That that made no sense. Eight hundred eighty four hundred thousand dollars. So eight point eight hundred forty thousand dollars quarterback. <laughs> My brain was doing. I mean, cartwheels right there. Trying to figure that out. It, it's I. It's been a long week. Uh, I was. Never mind. Well, keep moving forward. Um, her cousins just looks not right. Uh, there, there's just something, and, and yeah, we've known this for the last few years. I mean, that, this is just how Kirk Cousins plays, where, you know, he's he's a decent quarterback, but every game will make one or two boneheaded decisions that could cost you a game. And I, the perfect representation was that Packers game, where after giving up 24 points early, the defense pitched a shutout. It's holding the Packers offense scoreless for three quarters is, is no small feat. But, and then you have, you know, Dalvin Cook going off. I mean, he's quickly rising to be to become one of the top five running backs in the league right now to, to fight your way back only to have Kirk Cousins throw a really really bad throw on first down picked off in the end zone I, I, I'm sorry you just you, you can't have that and the best quarterbacks in the league are not making that throw heck even you know some of the top half quarterbacks in the league are not making that throw um, so the Vikings could be a great team but Kirk Cousins needs to play a lot better than he is right now for that to happen. Um, yeah, my my analogy for Kirk Cousins right now is that he's like a perpetually panicked and less intelligent Tom Brady. Um, and I say this because uh, currently stat-wise, uh, through Kirk Cousins' first 2,800 pass attempts, which is what he's currently around. He's just over that with last week's game. Um, compared to Tom Brady's first 2,800 uh, pass attempts, Kirk Cousins has more yards, more touchdowns, uh, better passer rating, and less interceptions. But... Fewer interceptions. The fewer interceptions. Excuse me. 
Uh, the the <laughs> difference between these two is that Kurt Cousins' interceptions come when they absolutely cannot happen. Tom Brady throws picks, but Tom Brady throws picks when it it really is okay when it's later in the game and they're already up big or when it's early on and they still have like a chance it's not a game losing interception Kirk cousins may throw fewer interceptions but his interceptions come at the costliest possible time which is so infuriating and so fitting for a minnesota quarterback because that's exactly what minnesota does all the time they make mistakes <laughs> or have things collapse when they absolutely cannot collapse um so it makes sense that he's playing here uh but it's it doesn't make it any less frustrating i i think i i you bring up a good point there i think it's um we haven't seen kirk cousins in minnesota step up in the moment you know like when there's that that moment he it just always you can't get him to not do the wrong thing well and and i think that's just that's just not him in minnesota i think that's just kirk cousins throughout his career i mean yeah uh this is from uh, an nfl analyst who gets paid money to to research these things uh kirk cousins career stats uh record in primetime games five and 13 record versus winning teams four and 24 record versus winning teams last season oh and five Career road okay, record, 12-23-2. Career record on Monday Night Football, 0-7. I have a comment about the versus winning team stat. Uh, Kurt Cousins among the top or among the, the top 25 quarterbacks in the NFL, of which he is currently ranked in the top 25, quote-unquote, because there's only 32 starting quarterbacks. Um, of the top 25 quarterbacks, Kurt Cousins' record against winning teams in his career is 10th on the list because I I don't like that stat at all because record against winning teams ends up being against him is like, oh, he can't play against teams that win a lot. No one can play against teams that win a lot. That's the thing about teams that win a lot. Um, like the only the, – if you look at quarterbacks – um, I think on the list was it was Andrew Luck and Ben Roethlisberger and uh, there were like four or five other like franchise quarterbacks that people consider like the staple quarterbacks of the league. Philip Rivers was on that list um, that Kirk Cousins was above them in record against winning teams in his career. Yeah, but Kirk Cousins doesn't have to play the Patriots as much as all of those guys do. Because all three of them are in the AFC, you know? That's fair. And I I think if all the other records were, were better and that was the one blemish, I think you could forgive that a little bit more. But just seeing how bad all the other things are, like record and prime time Oh, yeah, games, his prime time is Career is road terrible. record. I mean, he's just yeah. he's not a big-time quarterback. And until he starts playing like one, or until the Vikings find one uh, when they get out of this Kirk Cousins deal... Honestly, this, this team will not be as good as they could be. And a- a- every team in the NFC North has something holding them back. With with mm-hmm. the Bears, it's Mitch Trubisky, <laughs> whether he can play like a competent quarterback. With the Packers, <laughs> uh, it's everyone not named Aaron Rodgers. This defense, yes, looks improved, <laughs> but that offense still goes through Aaron Rodgers. And if he falters or if he's not having his best game, the offense around him can't pick him up. 
And the Lions, I mean, they're still one of, I think, five remaining undefeated teams in the NFL through three weeks. That is so strange to me. Yeah. I mean, they're they're. It doesn't really count. They, they, they tied the Cardinals in Week One, so I mean, you put a little. Okay, but they also beat undefeated. the Chargers and the Eagles, so they did. They did. Uh, I will hold though that the uh, the Eagles game, the Eagles were facing a slew of injuries, uh, and Carson Wentz was playing hurt for probably half of that game, and they came within, what was it, a few dropped passes of winning that game. So looking at you, uh, Nelson. Uh, that, that's the thing. You 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 play the teams that that you play. Your you, circumstances. You, you can't make excuses like, oh, if if these guys weren't hurt, we would have won that game because you didn't. They were Eagles lost, Lions won. Um, but still, I'm I'm not entirely confident in the in this Lions team just yet to say, oh my gosh, you should look at these guys as the clear cut favorites to win the NFC North. So every team in the NFC North has its issues, and and the Vikings are right in the thick of things. But they they have to have better play from Kirk Cousins if they're going to have a chance to win this division, if they're going to have any chance to make another Super Bowl run. Because this defense looks as good, if not better, than that defense from two seasons ago. Yeah, Dalvin Cook I'm, is oh. amazing. Incredible. Honestly, probably well, he's healthy. Yeah, fine. Probably you know, at least top five, maybe top three running back in the league right now, for sure. And so you have all you so, have all these pieces here. There's just Kirk Cousins. Heck, you know, if 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 we could get the same play that we did in twenty four in twenty seventeen, I would take Case Keenum over Kirk Cousins at this point. I would. I would too. I liked Case. Personally, um, I think that the like even with the additions the Vikes have made to the offensive line, that's still the weakest part of them. And Kurt Cousins, the again going back to him being a more panicked and less intelligent Tom Brady, Kurt Cousins by his talent is a system quarterback, and if there is a flaw in that system. Um, he can't make anything happen. And if the flaw in the system is that your left tackle is a little bit shaky sometimes, um, we're going to have a lot of issues. So do you think, just looking at the NFC as a whole, and looking at, like, the NFC South is a train wreck. Um, <laughs> there's There are clear favorites in the West and the East do you think there there's a possibility that we have a division winner, say, for whatever? Like, so the Vikes are Vikes won the division. Do you think it's plausible that we could have both wild cards in the North? Because looking around, like the Niners are three and zero, but they're the Niners, and the only other th- team that's drawing my attention is the Eagles right now. So. And honestly, I, I, I mean, mean, it's still really early, early in the season. We're only yeah, a quarter of the way through, in, yeah. and so, I mean, I'm going to use the Cowboys as an example here, just because I, I know them a little bit better. Uh, but they started off last season three and five, and then ended up ten and six, winning the uh, the the East. So a lot of things can change over the course of the season, um, but but right now, 
I think, I mean, it's always a possibility that you have two teams from, from a conference. Because uh, each are from a, from a division. Because each division is guaranteed one playoff spot. Um, and I, I do think that top to bottom, the NFC North is the... I don't know if best is the best word, but it's definitely the most complete division. It's the most competitive yeah. division. Yep. Um, yes. And so, honestly, I mean, you look, the, the Seahawks and the 49ers in the West right now, they look pretty good. Uh, the Eagles in the East, uh, they've looked decent despite all the injuries that they have. So when they get back to full strength, um, and they've been linked uh, to rumors about possibly getting Jalen Ramsey. Uh, if they can improve that secondary, they all automatically shoot up in my book to possible contenders. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it is possible for the NFC North to get two playoff spots. But I, I think it's a little early to say, oh, yeah, they're, they're definitely going to get that. Just because you do have teams like the Eagles, the Rams, the Niners, uh, heck, you know, even if the Panthers or Falcons can figure out their stuff right now, they might be contenders as well moving forward. Uh, particularly with the way that uh, uh, what's uh, what's Carolina's backup uh, quarterback's name? He's been he, no, he's oh been gosh, balling out with know. with Cam Newton injured. Um, so I don't know, like, like I said, I, I think it's a little early, but yes, it, it is very possible that the North has two playoff spots. Like Super Bowl two K twenty. Dude, I'd be down. That's all I'm saying. We're gonna. Dude, oh, can you imagine? Oh my God! Wait, pause. If we had the, the like quadfecta, or even if like even if we had three championships, out of five sports, if Minnesota United somehow won, if the Twins somehow won, if the Vikes somehow won, and then the Wild got knocked out in the first round <laughs> and the Wolves didn't make the playoffs, we would still. That'd be three championships in one year. That's a year. winning record. That's three and insane. two. That's three and two, man. <laughs> Throw the links in there. We've got another championship. That's four and two. There you go. Look at that. Four and two. And then throw the... Don't we have a lacrosse team or something? I don't know. I don't, that I don't, I don't, I don't follow lacrosse. <laughs> yeah, no one follows lacrosse. I only lacrosse. know lacrosse Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> so let me, let me ask both of you this question here. Um... The Vikings' point differential is 31? Yeah. What? Yeah. Weird. Okay, sorry. That just caught my eye. So, I think I know what Noah's answer would be, but TJ, who is going to be in the NFC Championship game? Who are the two teams? I I have my bets on... Honestly, I if looking at the 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 league right now, I would say Rams Cowboys um, mm-hmm. would be my like logical pick, um, just because the Rams are hungry from last year. They're good. They're really good, and the Cowboys are getting better. Like they're they're still on the uphill climb. Um, so I would say Rams Cowboys would be my logical pick. If I wanted to go like who I would love to see, I would love to see uh, Vikes Cowboys. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, but I, I think it'll be I think it'll be Rams Cowboys, and Noah will have his vindication against the Rams finally. <laughs> do, do we have a, a bleeping noise that we can use, or should I just refrain from swearing? 
I mean, I could I could probably put one in. Okay, cause, you know what? No, no, I'm I'm trying to stop swearing. So, uh, heck, Stan Kroenke. There we go. We'll, we'll go with that. Um, but no, and I think here we go again. <laughs> no, I, I'm not going to start on this. Uh, although you did promise me that we could have a uh, a Stan Kroenke uh, roast uh, on this show at some point, TJ. So I'm, I'll I'm just let you record it, and then I'll just like take it and edit out all of the stuff that can't legally be put online. And I, <laughs> that's going to be probably about 95% of the recording. It's just unintelligible grunts and swearing. <laughs> but no, so I, I think uh, for uh, NFC Championship game, right now, I mean, they've only played uh, Washington, the Giants, and the Dolphins. Uh, but the Cowboys look to be probably the best team in the NFC right now. I mean, it's just they're they're the most complete team. They really don't have a weak spot, and I I have some reservations against people saying, oh, but they've only played crappy teams. Well, yeah, but I mean they've absolutely dominated those crappy teams, and that's what good teams are supposed to do. And so the, the Cowboys will be getting their their first couple of challenges coming up here pretty soon. They're playing the Saints on Sunday Night Football. They've got the Eagles coming up here pretty soon. They play the Patriots at some point this season. Uh, they're playing the Vikings as well. Packers, uh, I believe, are right after the Saints as well. So you have quite quite a, a a more challenging stretch coming up here in the next couple of weeks. And I think that'll really show if if the Cowboys play well that they have one of the most, if not the most, well-rounded team in the entire NFC. Um, and then I think it is kind of a, a toss-up for who that second team could be. Uh, the Rams are always a, a, a smart choice. Uh, the Saints, you know, despite Drew Brees being out, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater looked really Teddy. good in that Seahawks game. Uh, and if Teddy can keep them afloat, even if he goes, you know, 500 over the five or six weeks that Brees is out, once Breeze gets back in, I mean, you think that's that's a once he gets healed up, that is a well rested, healthy Breeze that you have for the the last stretch of the season, uh, yeah. and that's something I'm not willing to bet against. Uh, Drew Breeze playing playing you know good football, mad football, hungry football, whatever you want to call it. That that's always a, a good good matchup there, and so I, I really think you'll see on the Sunday night football game coming up just how deep the Saints team is. I mean, they're going up against one of the best teams in the NFC. Teddy plays well. That defense plays well. And then, of course, you have Alvin Kamara. So, uh, I think people, a lot of people are writing off the Saints way too early. Um, But no, so I think ultimately what I'm going to go with, I'm going to share the same thing with TJ, where I hope it's the Cowboys-Vikings. I don't think it will be. Uh, For me, I'm going to go Cowboys-Saints. That'd be fun. I just, yeah. Do you think, I don't want to spend too much time on the Cowboys, but they're 3-0 for mm-hmm. now, and we know they're going to go 5-8 and eight the rest of the season, so I just want to you know, <laughs> get you on a high point while they're... <laughs> um, but is this type of system that is going on with the Cowboys, meaning like all this talk about contracts and, and disputes between the uppers and the lowers, like, this is kind of like the year that it has to get done. Right. Because it seems like every year it's it's this person needs a new contract and this, you know, and sooner or later they're going to run out of money. Right. That was always a concern, but I think this year they showed that they the Cowboys management has showed that they are willing to keep this young core intact to get deals done because I mean obviously Zeke 
is the biggest deal that's happened this year. I mean, the the seven year yeah. extension yep. worth ninety million dollars, almost unheard of for a running back. Um, but also moving forward, I mean, you look, they signed Demarcus Lawrence, one of the you know top 10 pass rushers in the league, to a contract back in April. Uh, they re-signed Lael Collins, their right tackle, to a, a fairly team-friendly deal. And I, I think that's probably a very underrated uh, aspect of this offensive line in particular. I mean, you know, all of these guys have taken very, very team-friendly deals. I mean, Tyron Smith is arguably the best left tackle in all of football. And he's making right around nine million dollars a year, which is still—I mean—that's a lot of money. But yeah. he could command, you know, upward of you know, fifteen, twenty, heck, maybe even twenty-five million, depending on which team he went to. And the fact that you have that kind of talent for that cheap, relatively speaking, I think that speaks to at least some of these players on this Cowboys team saying, "Hey, I like where I'm at." I think we've got a good thing going and I want to do my part to try and keep this thing together. And so that allowed team that allowed the team to go out and uh, re-sign players like Lael Collins, like Jalen Smith, uh, and really kind of like the, the, the big three that you have left remaining are Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper and Byron Jones. And it is very possible that all three of those guys resign. And so how long these guys, this this core sticks together, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But it sounds like they could be together for at least the next couple of years. And that is really exciting if you're a Cowboys fan. Uh, if you're anyone else in the NFC East, I think it kind of sucks. Because th- th- this Cowboys yeah. team is one of the best Cowboys teams we've seen in the last 25 years. Other than maybe the the 07 or the, the, the 2014 Cowboys. And honestly, I think this team might be better than both of those. This might be the best team we've seen since the 90s. Yeah, you just got to hope everyone stays healthy and, you know, makes a, a legitimate yeah. run. Because they, it, I mean, the Giants are are a question mark right now with Daniel Jones and to see what they can do. And the Eagles are always kind of that same, well, are they going to get hot and go win a Super Bowl or are they just going to sputter out and do nothing, you know? Right, and I think the depth that the Cowboys have will help with that. I mean, Tony Pollard is a, a really, really solid number two running back and will help reduce the load for Zeke. Uh, the, the receiving options that you have outside of Amari, you've got Michael Gallup. I mean, he's injured for a little bit right now, but you've got Randall Cobb and Devin Smith. Uh, Jason Witten's mm-hmm. back, and, you know, he's not... He's never been one of those <laughs> vertical, deep threat tight ends, but he's, he's a solid passing option. And when you have so many options on the outside, you saw against teams like the Giants, like... Miami, you know, he he can still move. He had a, a 35-yard reception against Miami. And so if, if you can expect, you know, five, six receptions, 40 to 50 yards, maybe a touchdown each week from Jason Witten, I mean, that's really good considering all those options that you have. So I, I think moving forward, the Cowboys are one of the deepest teams. And I, I can stop talking about them now because I, I know uh, I, I could go on, for these, on these guys for hours. Um, <laughs> but I think they are right now the best team in the nfc i'm just glad jason witten's not doing commentary oh, <laughs> i don't care what he's doing i'm just glad he's not in the broadcast that, get out of the booth that made me so sad to see how bad he was on monday night football so bad it it, it pained me I mean, jason witten is was... one of my favorite all-time players and to see him struggle 
and just suck so much was that that was heartbreaking <laughs> never forget jason witten and the boogermobile and and on the oh. same broadcast all oh like gosh every week who those thought two incredible that was a good idea espn <laughs> disney we can blame disney for this okay this is disney's, disney's fault. fault heck off disney everything is disney's fault that's my that's my hot take of the day. <laughs> Everything every problem in the world is Disney's it's just fault. Disney's I, fault. I like it. <laughs> TJ being the leader of this great friend gathering that we have, can we talk about the AFC really fast or yeah, should we let's shut just, up let's, and let's end it? Let's nail it out. What do you wanna what do you wanna say? I think he wants to talk about his brands. Okay. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I just wanna I just wanna say to all my faithful brownies in the world all four that are listening you. to this worldwide across the solar system now is not the time for panic i think the baltimore ravens are i think lamar jackson if you can control lamar jackson in the sense that you you play the same way against him as you used to play against uh, Cam Newton or that some teams used to play against Aaron Rodgers when he would scramble more. Just like if you can always have a spy and then make Lamar Jackson throw the ball 35 times, I think you you can beat the Ravens. The Ravens are beatable. And I, and I think the AFC is pretty top-heavy. Like the Chiefs are just almost like a lock to be in the AFC championship. Like they're just so dang good. And then everyone else is interesting. The Texans are have looked like a questionable two and one. The Buffalo Bills somehow are three and oh. And the Patriots Bills, are really Lions good too. Super Bowl twenty twenty twenty. Oh, oh god. <laughs> it's happening. Browns can, Lions Super Bowl. When we get back when we get back to do the next podcast in like six months, <laughs> TJ, I'll give you twenty dollars. I really hope it. If the Buffalo Bills are playing the Lions in the Super Bowl, I really Bowl. hope it's not another six months because th- this is fun. We need to do this more often. Yeah, we do. I know. But I just think I think Baker Mayfield has looked like a trash pile so far, <laughs> and he's like just they're just settling in. He's got all these weapons. He just has to get comfortable, figure out how to use these weapons. They have a, a solid running back. They have weapons, but now they just need to be able to, to utilize them without throwing three interceptions a game. So I think we're getting there. And the Steelers suck. Steelers are awful. Bengals, I would say, are better than the Steelers. But I I don't know, man. I think the Browns can, can make a run at this division. I'm confident in the Browns that they're going to make it happen. Our Browns, I don't know Lions. who they're playing you this week. Oh, first, folks. Jesus, they are... They're playing the Ravens this week. It's oh, happening. Okay. Oh, my God. Ravens, Niners, Seahawks, Patriots. Oh, okay. Uh, if they're going to figure it out, they need to figure it out goodbye. quickly. <laughs> like I said, not time to panic. Well, everything will be fine. Tomorrow is time to panic. <laughs> Tomorrow at noon. Yeah. All right, are we going to yep. do uh, Super Bowl predictions real quick? Yeah, real quick. What do you got? Oh, yeah. All right, uh, Anthony, what you got? Teams. Uh, I'm going to go Chiefs from the AFC because I'm sick and tired of the Patriots. 
and I think they're going to beat the Cowboys by 45 in the Heck Super Bowl. <laughs> Chiefs-Cowboys. Oh, my gosh. That's a bold prediction. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to hold you to that, and when the Cowboys win the Super Bowl, I'm going to play that back for you. Perfect. You know, I would. The, the la- you would enjoy I, that I a would. lot, so I, I would the, be okay The last that. time that I made a football prediction on this podcast, y'all laughed at me. Because <laughs> the oh. last time I made a football oh, prediction was at the beginning of last season, and I said that the Cowboys could go at most 11-5, and five, and they could beat the Saints. And sure enough, they went 10-6, and six, and they beat the Saints in what was arguably one of the best football games of last season. And so He's right one time, and he thinks he's Nostradamus. Hear me <laughs> when I say, and take it as gospel truth, that the Cowboys okay. are going to beat the Chiefs in this year's Super Bowl. Mm. And it'll be a close game. It'll be a shootout of a game. But the Cowboys' depth will win the day. We're gonna make it. Uh, let's say thirty-five, thirty-one. That'll be that'll be interesting. Do you think Jerry Jones lives that long, or no? Do you think he's got more than a yeah, year? Yeah, he's gonna outlive us all. He's like <laughs> he's like a true. witch. Just will never die. An old racist witch. TJ, who you got? Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let me just add that in there quick. Um, who do I got? I'm. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Cowboys are gonna make it as well. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go Cowboys uh, Ravens is gonna be my my bold Ooh, prediction. Interesting. Um, mm. I think I like Lamar Jackson. I think he's good. I think the Ravens are hot right now, um, and I think that they will be it'll be a one season thing where they'll be really good this year teams will figure them out next year but i don't think they'll figure them out by the end of this season um so i think it's going to be cowboys ravens i think the cowboys will beat the ravens um but it will be close i'm going to say like a 21 17 there we go that uh, i'm really excited for this season boys this this is going to be fun and if i'm wrong about the vikings and they end up making it i'll be happy to be wrong (laughs) <laughs> oh man should be fun should be fun and on that awkward silence <laughs> we are out no and i it's, just waiting for tj to take over and close it out after we just gave him the yeah, perfect setup it, it's only and, awkward if you let it be awkward tj so that's once again your fault as terrible host true for messing true. up an otherwise perfect setup by me and anthony <laughs> uh why does tj get berated i like because it, i'm the I'm best totally and anyone who is held to his highest standard as me <laughs> needs to <laughs> to be taken down a notch and that answers my question straight <laughs> right there <laughs> all right uh this has been fun uh we'll be back sometime but until then goodbye everybody peace out fam <laughs> that's my that's my outro <laughs> you see this is why we need a oh, a a set time frame because like whenever we did uh uh keep the ball rolling or now that we're doing offside sports on the air there is always a guarantee that there'd be an episode next week so all i'd have to say was you know for everyone here 
I'm TJ Bierenbaum, and we'll see you next week. And then that just hey, that sounds uh, final. First of all, why would you say you're me? Um, and second of all, <laughs> let's do it next week. <laughs>